Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I am here by my two good friends, Laura Cress and Thomas Beck. So, uh, hello, people. Uh, everything all right? Hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. we're... Still uh, in lockdown. So, well, actually, by the time this episode goes out, uh, in Ireland, they might open up a little bit more. Uh, we can go with, you know, within our own counties, which... Uh, which is good. So I might be able to go outside more. <laughs> yes, and we'll hope. Well, we will have had pubs and restaurants open outdoors in the U. Well, yeah, in, in the UK. In, in Ireland, we're not sure yet. They're still yeah. discussing that. But yeah, that would be nice to get out. The weather is getting better, so yeah, uh, that I, that's a huge influence on on my mood. <laughs> yeah, yes, no, I, sure. I know it's, it's, it has been like, uh, well, I know, Thomas, you've watched the TV series Game of Thrones. It's been a very long winter like in Game of Thrones. It's like never it's been, ending it's this been year. It's been the March that lasted it's, 14 months. <laughs> it lasted, felt like a year it lasted. Yeah. But, but it, anyway. It has been. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it has been a year. Um, wow. Well, anyway, we've uh, got one I don't want to say good thing, but at least one thing about code is we've had more time to play games and adventure games. I think I have nearly played as many adventure games this year since January than in the entirety of last year, which is just insane. Um, so, I mean, not quite there. I think I played 35 adventure games altogether last year, and I've played them like 20, 21 so far. And I saw them are short, um, but it's just been insane. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to going outdoors again. Uh, but we've got a few really good games. Um, you know, if we talk about Lovecraft again, and Laurie will be talking about White Ocean Big Jacket, and uh, we'll also be going to court. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be talking about the new game Forgotten Fields, the second game from Frostwood Interactive. Um, but first, shall we get to the news? Because there's a little bit of news, some interesting developments. And Next. what seems... What seems like um, we are contractually obliged to mention Disco Elysium every single <laughs> recording between the three of us. But Sorry. actually, I, f- <laughs> I found out about this news right after we finished recording last time that apparently Disco Elysium TV series has, well, it's in the works or they're in negotiations. It's very, very beginning stages. Uh, it hasn't started filming or anything. I'm not sure if it's even... Um, uh, finished, uh, you know, negotiations. I presume it has because it was Variety who reported this, and they're usually, uh, you know, accurate. They're well and informed. They're well informed. Yes. So they, Variety reported that Disco Elysium TV series has just started, and not only that, but one of the producers is from the producer of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I mean, the two are practically the same, right? Sonic the Hedgehog, Disco Elysium. <laughs> now, what I want to know about this is, will this TV series be allowed in Australia? I was going to ask that. I, don't, <laughs> I, I think it might be because it's a TV series. But You're then right. again, it's based on a game, so the Australian classification board might go. You know, I mean, it might it might give them sleepless nights because they might be going, "Oh, it's a TV series. We can't allow that." But it's based on a video game, and we don't like video games here. We don't like mature video <laughs> games. So what do we do? What do we do? Um, Bring this back to our previous <laughs> recording <laughs> for more on that. But yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I think this this could lead. I don't know how it could work. Like it could work very well, but then. Because the character is the character who you kind of create, that you decide what kind of character he is in particular, uh, which is the whole selling point of the game, really. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about doing that. Um, yeah, I guess they won't. I guess it'll be more about the sort of writing and the, and the the world and the characters, maybe, rather than... I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Because it'll if be they're more gonna, that kind of thing. It's not like that This they can't adapt this story. But I'm not sure that would be uh, because it worked fantastically as a game. But I'm not sure mm. it, the story, the way it's 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 done in the game, would work as a TV show. But the of world course, yeah. could definitely work because it's basically an uh, exploration of all kinds of uh, moral and political issues and and stuff like that. So uh, if they get the the right writers, because that that's going to be the most important thing then it could be a smash hit. I guess the the good thing is is uh, just the, the at least the developers of Disco Elysium are working 
uh, with this producer so at least they're on board with it and they're and obviously they're the ones who wrote it as well so hopefully (laughs) they'd be able to give their input Yes, indeed. And actually, I just found out about this as well, that Disco Elysium is actually set in the same universe as a novel. Uh, it was released in 2013. That's a novel writer, Robert Kurvitz. He wrote a novel uh, called Sacred and Terrible Air. Now, it's not, I believe, released in English yet, but he was the lead writer down of the game Disco Elysium. So well, he wrote this novel... If- and then he he wrote Disco Elysium set in that same world. If I'm not so mistaken, I'd like to read that novel. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the whole world is based on a role playing system. Yes, that's right. Mm. Is, so yeah. uh, this story was just probably just one of the many many stories they came up with while playing in in this in this role playing uh, setting, and that is a good thing because role playing settings are generally designed to be able to play anything in. So if they take that approach. Then it could be very interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I'm look, really looking forward to it. It probably won't be available for a few years uh, if it does uh, come to light, because as we know, that it's the difference between something being announced uh, <laughs> than something actually start work on. Uh, because they're, I believe they've announced you know a few times that they're working on a Mist TV series, and nothing has happened. About that, so <laughs> yeah. Well, the world um, of the world of TV and movies can be a, quite yes. a maze. And to do a, a series like this proper, it could even it, even if it, it gets a green lit for an entire series, could be three years before we even mm-hmm. see anything about it. Yeah, well, we'll keep uh, you know I'll try to keep an eye on it. And uh, also, Disco Elysium, the, the the final cut has been released. Uh, if people want to play through that again <laughs> with uh, voice acting, and you know they've added more rooms, but I think that's enough Disco Elysium chat. No, but also you can oh, play it on sorry. console now, which is uh, yes, a, a except big... in Australia. Except in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can play it Definitely console check it well. out. Definitely check it out, unless you're Australian. Definitely. Australian. Uh, but another game that was announced. Uh, now, Laura, you and I both played uh, the first part of this game, actually, and we both really enjoyed it. Uh, Cloudpunk, the developer's Ion Lands, they announced a DLC called City of Ghosts that that is coming soon. Now, this DLC, most DLCs are shorter uh, than the main game, but they have said that this is going to be longer than the original game. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Cloudpunk was relatively long. You know, it took me about 13, 14, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours to play. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, how, like, they're clearly working very hard on this DLC. And, uh, well, they also released a trailer, which we can listen to. When I left Nivalis, I thought this city was falling into the sea. Now everyone I meet thinks it should have. Some people think Nivalis is a place you have to survive. But here, I thrive. The lights, the music, the drinks, the food, the drugs, the street races, the speed of the place. It's a damn cocktail. You think you know this city, this job? You haven't seen anything till you've seen it through my eyes. And who am I? My name is Hayes. And I'm the straw that stirs the drink. I'm interested in the fact you do still play as uh, Rania, who is the, yes. the main character in Cloudpunk. So that would be interesting. But it looks like there's a new character as well that you get to, to play as. Yes, you get to play as a new character in the game. And you you can also go on street races this time in this game with more locations as well. And there are multiple endings again based on chases, on ch- chases, choices made throughout <laughs> Cloudpunk and the City of Ghosts. And uh, yeah, I believe the other character is called Hayes. And uh, and yeah, no, it, I mean, first of all, developers, they made improvements to the original Cloudpunk since it was released. And now they're releasing uh, this DLC sequel. So I am really looking forward to this game, um, especially if you know they're taking on board what they've learned from the first game, which was already good when I played the first version, but they've since made it better. And it's I don't know when it's going to be released, but I look forward to playing it and reviewing it. So, um, uh, and we're discussing Thomas. It's surprising you haven't had a chance to play. No, you've been busy playing a lot of other oh, games, Thomas. but this is <laughs> cyberpunk and kind of taxi driving ish. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's been on my wish list for quite a long time, but, but I, I guess I'll. I'll, I'll guess I'll get it at some point yeah, in the future, but I might as well wait till this DLC gets added to it so I can do it all in one go then. 
Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a question of time, I, I guess, with so many other good games to play. But yeah, that's Cloudpunk City of Ghosts. And then finally in the news, there was a new Kickstarter for another adventure game called Invasive Recall, which is a cyberpunk pixel art point and click adventure game. Hmm, I wonder who might like this game. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. So Thomas, <laughs> what? are you interested in this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I was today years old uh, that I uh, learned of this uh, Kickstarter, so uh, I haven't really looked into it yet. But it does sound, uh, again, right up my alley, because I do love cyberpunk and I do love uh, pixel art. So yeah, I'll, it uh, I'll have to look into it, into backing this maybe in the future. It, it looks it looks really good. It still has a few weeks left to be uh, to be backed on Kickstarter, and um, and yeah, so. Uh, I said it's a cyberpunk point-and-click adventure game. I don't know too much about it. It seems to be doing pretty well, and people are you know, look to be excited about it. So, uh, shall we start to you know? Shall we get to games that we have actually played? <laughs> Uh, we can start then with Plot of the Druid Nightwatch. Are we going to do a little demolition? Yes. So this is a. <laughs> so I know Thomas, you're usually our demolition man, but this week I'm the one who played uh, a demo. Um, to demolish. No, I won't finish. Um, <laughs> see, I started, but I was able to make a retreat before it got any worse. You're learning. You're learning. Okay, well done. <laughs> no, that doesn't. That won't usually happen. But yeah. um, in this game, so this game is from Adventure for Life Studios, and they are about to release a Kickstarter. So they've released uh, a demo where you get to play one section of the game. You play as Druid Apprentice Jace. And he has his final exams coming up the next day. But instead of actually studying, he decides to break into the dean's office and try and find something to help him pass the final exams. So the game, or this demo, which is also a prologue for the main game, is set entirely in the dean's office. And you have to... It's pretty typical adventure game fair. You click on objects... And there are some characters that you meet in this game. I don't want to reveal which ones because they surprise me. I don't want to say <laughs> too much because I think the best thing is to discover this game for yourself. But there are quite a few things that I liked, first of all. I think, first of all, the graphics are really, really good. Really nice background design in the game as well. They're you know, clearly like the artists are really talented because they really are striking visuals. Um, the game is also fully voice acted, and the voice acting is really good. And they also have a hotspot highlighters, which came in very handy. So if you wanted to see, now this is optional as well. If you wanted to see all the hotspots, you can click on the hotspot highlighter. And then there are also two parts of the game. So you can have a uh, more challenging section with more challenging puzzles, or you can have an easier uh, section as well. So much like Curse of Monkey Island, which had... Uh, the two sections as well. Now, I admit I did play the easier section, but there are still some challenging puzzles in that I found in this game, particularly at the end. Now, I say challenging, but you do have clues as well um, towards the end, although I did find the last one uh, particularly hard, I'll admit. But I think if people, because a lot of people are bemoaning the fact that adventure games are very easy nowadays and that we don't have many good challenging puzzles, this game does have good challenging puzzles. So anyone who really wants a game that has some, you know, good puzzles that will make you think, then I definitely recommend that they check this out. And now in terms of story, I mean, I guess not a huge amount happens. It's prologue, it sets up the main game, but it does it does its job because there is kind of, I, I won't reveal the ending, of course, but it did make me interested in the full game when it will come out. Um, and a few really nice animations as well. And a few surprises in the game. So I think it, it does its job. It looks really nice. Uh, it took me about an hour to play. And the Kickstarter will be uh, launched, I believe, in a few weeks' time. I don't know exactly when it will be launched. But before people you know, check out the Kickstarter, you want to check out the game, uh, the prologue, you can to get a feel for what the main game will be like. Now, the main game, I think, will be uh, will have different locations and a more full storyline. But this serves as a good taster of what we can expect from the main game. It's, uh, I believe the full game is set to be released. The aim is 2022. So the demo is available on Steam. It's Plot of the Druid Nightwatch. And yeah, also it does look and kind of feel like the classic adventure games of old. So there are references to, of course, Monkey Island, Simon the Sorcerer, Discworld. But then again, there are 
you know, it does clever things with it as well. Again, I don't want to reveal too much, but it doesn't just simply reference the game. It it brings them into this game as well, which is if, probably if, the if I If I look at the, uh, the video here on Steam, it reminds me a lot of uh, Mage's Initiation Reign of the Elements. Yes. Uh, it looks really nice. Yeah, it looks yeah, really no, nice. Yeah, the graphics, and when you play in-game, it looks really nice as well. That they're, you know, the backgrounds, as we can see in the screenshots, the three of us now, do look really nice. And there's, you know, in the demo, there are some really good animations. You know, I admit, I don't normally expect in a lot of adventure games because they're expensive and hard to do. But this game manages it, and this, this demo, this prologue manages it. So it's completely free as well, the demo. I forgot to mention that. So again, if people want to check it out, uh, it's about one hour. Uh, well, depending if you have the more challenging version, it might take a little bit more time. And uh, and yeah, so I'd encourage people to check it out. And then you can check out the Kickstarter when it is released. You can also sign up to uh, the developer's website to get a notification of when the Kickstarter is released as well. Nice. So, so that's Plot of the Druid. Yes. Nightwatch. And Nightwatch, which I guess is also a play on words from the Terry Pratchett Discworld novels. Sure, yeah. I was wondering <laughs> Probably, about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, has that, it has that Discworld feel. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Nice. Looks good. So, yeah. Okay, so Laura, you've played a few games as well. And mm. you're streaming this game as well. And this is an interesting title. Uh, one. Yeah. Wide Ocean Big Jacket. Now, I constantly kept forgetting this when I was streaming this. This uh, what the title? I was like, is it Big Ocean Wide Jacket? And I kept forgetting. It, and the title it, doesn't really get explained that much. It, it does a little bit. It doesn't roll off the, the tongue. It doesn't exactly no. roll off the tongue. It's like no, it yeah. yeah. But it's funny with a slightly. Um, interesting title that the the game is quite compact and short itself it's only about i'd say an hour and a half game it's uh quite a quirky one it's all about basically a family uh going camping there's an uncle and aunt um their niece um and then the niece's boyfriend um so uncle brad aunt cloanne maud who's i think about 13 and ben who's her boyfriend they've never like gone uh with her sort of uncle and aunt aunt said before they've never gone camping before either and it's just about them sort of going together and and what happens and it's a short like game as i said there's i think there's about 20 chapters but each chapter is maybe only about sort of 10 minutes and it's just you playing through the uh, whole experience of them camping um this the sort of graphic style is kind of a weird mix of 3d and 2.5d it's sort of blocky cartoon style if you've ever played seven five <laughs> two point seven five, yeah, no, two point five D. Uh, it's um, that is an actual term. I'm not just uh, making that up. Uh, look it up if you if you don't know what I'm talking about. But it's a bit like Frog Detective in its sort of cartoon style, um, which is cool. I really like Frog Detective. Uh, and the whole idea is you you play for little bits as each of the characters that, and it's just them hanging out, chatting with each other. There's lots of different um, sort of conversations you get into, um, and it, it's just them exploring their relationships together ben is sort of very quiet uh a bit like uh sort of confused with the whole situation maud is like this really loud uh brash teenager but like really confident but also quite naive uh cloanne uh actually doesn't want children and um is much more relaxed when there isn't children around whereas brad (laughs) is sort of this kind of fun uncle character and it's just how they like sort of interact with each other basically how it works is you um control it basically comes up with the speaker's name in big letters when you want when you choose the character or when you interact with objects it's got a very unique kind of style to it um and then when they speak it's just um them in a sort of black silhouette it's the speaker's uh na- face under their name and then dialogue in very sort of black and white um on an all black screen so it's kind of like uh, it flips to that when there's any dialogue. So it's not like you see the whole uh, location screen. It's quite hard to describe, but basically you don't see the location screen. It comes up with like a black screen and the dialogue in white whenever there's dialogue. And it it kind of does, it mixes between that and then this colourful kind of campsite. And the whole thing is just, there's little mini games. So there's a mini game where Maud has to try and find a bush to pee in, um, <laughs> which is kind of fun. There's like bits where you do some bird watching. There's a bit where you get some hot dogs on the fire and you've got to like uh, toast them and stuff. And yeah, it, I thought it was quite a delightful game in the sense like it, the writing is very sharp and on point. It reminded me a lot of Night in the Woods, 
with its quirkiness, um, but not depressing. I say Night mm. of the Woods, it could be quite depressing, <laughs> whereas this was like really fun. And Maud is a great character, I think, and she was really funny. And there's like a really good um, sequence where she's like discussing uh, sort of sex um, with her, uh, talking to her aunt about it. And her aunt's really uncomfortable and doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> and it's like, oh God, why, well, why are we having this conversation? <laughs> quite realistic just, then. <laughs> yeah, she's just being like, what is it? I don't get it. Like, what, what happens? And she's just like, oh no, why has this happened? <laughs> so I just thought it was really well written. Uh, it's very short, like I said. Uh, you could complete it in one setting. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked it. I mean, I, it, it won. It's, uh, oh, it was a final at the Independent yes. Games Festival for Excellence in Narrative. So uh, that hopefully tells you all you need to know in terms of the writing. I agree. I mean, and it holds, it basically hangs on the writing and it, it just had a nice sort of sense of fun about it and, and quirkiness. So uh, I, I enjoyed it. And I think, you know, for one, two hours, you can just be transported to this quite nice sunny place and have a bit of fun, really. Oh, that's what we all need now. I know, right? <laughs> sunny place. It looks, it looks very sunny. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, so that's I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, it's it's uh, you know, there's not a huge big drama or calamities. Mm. It's just this family's like having little conversations, and there are little things that happen. It's not like it's just very boring conversation, but you know, it, it everything sort of go. It's just it, it felt very natural. I, I guess what I'm trying to say. I mean, that could also be my review for Forgotten Fields later on, which oh. I'll discuss later on. It sounds Spoilers. similar in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, d- different game, different story, different location, but kind of similar themes, um, which I think we all need from time to time. Just, you know, like relaxing, charming, kind of cozy. Would you say it's oh. cozy? Because by the camp Yeah, I think it's quite or... warm. There's some warm. nice moments, mm. like the, the genuine moments, I think. Uh, like I said, like this, when they're around the camp for uh, discussing this like taboo topic that the aunt doesn't want to really mm. talk about. And I just felt it, it all felt very natural. Like Light Night in the Woods, you kind of related to the what the topics they were talking about. And there, there's a lot of, I guess, teenage angst and stuff and bits about that that you can relate to. But it's all done very, very well. And it's not like they dwell on certain things too much like the the aunt and the uncle also have like a bit of a conversation about you know having children and how they have different sort of views on that but that's not not that doesn't become the whole game that's just right, a little yeah, bit just little little yeah. bits of little and then they move on like you would mm. that you do you know you yeah. don't constantly think about one thing you go on to mm. a different thing some sometimes you you want to solve a murder sometimes you want to save the world and sometimes you want to talk to your aunt about sex so <laughs> there's a game for every every mood yes yes there you go well there you go yeah like like i said you can do it in one sitting and it's just uh takes you to a different place for a little bit and i think it's just so well written it's definitely worth checking out so thank you laura wide ocean big jacket and i should say sorry that is available on it's on the nintendo switch uh and it's also on steam as well thomas uh, I, you've played, well, two games, I believe. Uh, well, a sequel. You've been, uh, you're a Lovecraft expert. Uh, you know a lot about his stories and uh, you've played yes, two games. Cyberpunk, Taxis and Lovecraft. That's what I'm here for. We <laughs> <laughs> just need a, a, sort of love, a sort of Lovecraft person cyberpunk getting a taxi in a in cyberpunk a cyber- world. Yeah. I think we're onto something there. It's, I would uh, play the hell out of oh, that. Oh, I mean, I, I would love that. Did we not? Did we discuss this before? Have yeah, probably. Cyberpunk. <laughs> um, but yeah, now this is a game that I actually have in my library. One of the many games that I have in my Steam library. But you played, I believe, Chronicle of Innsmouth and its sequel, uh, Chronicle of its Mountains of Madness. Yeah. Uh, so I presume let's start with the first game. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, uh, they're both uh, developed and published by Psychodev and. Um, I've had Chronicles of Innsmouth in my collection for a while now, but Chronicles of Innsmouth Mountains of Madness just released uh, last month. So I thought that was the excellent uh, time to play Chronicles of Innsmouth first, because Mountain of Madness is a direct sequel to Chronicles of Innsmouth. It is therefore also called Chronicle of Innsmouth Mountain of Madness. Um the, fir- the first one, Chronicle of Innsmouth, is a very old-school uh, classic adventure game in the style of uh, Lucasfilm with a verb menu and an inventory on the bottom of the screen, and you click to walk around and you talk to people, but you have to select the right verb with the 
right thing in the scenery. It is very heavily based on uh, on the Lovecraft story about Innsmouth. And you play someone who gets stuck in a town and is starting to uh, hear more and more about this uh, weird uh, town of Innsmouth. And, but he actually wants to go to Arkham, yet the bus he takes eventually strands him in Innsmouth and then he gets involved in all kinds of uh, fishy and horrifying stuff happening there. I'm not going to go into that too much because of spoilers, but it is heavily uh, heavily influenced uh, by the, the story of uh, Lovecraft. It is uh, completely pixel art. It looks actually quite, uh, quite good. Uh, mm. The cutscenes are a bit wonky. They don't look so good. But that is something that you can easily uh, look past because the story and the, especially the mood, the atmosphere is done very, very well. I enjoyed it quite a lot. There was uh, a bit at the end where it gets a bit arcadey, like you have to re- you have to um, time the things you do, and if you don't, if you're not quick enough, then you die and you have to start over. That what that bit was, uh, I thought for me frustrating. That was the only downside I thought uh, into this game uh, because I really, really love the story. And there are some um, interludes where you play a different character uh, that has to do with the history of the, of the story that you're playing. And the, story, the, the character that you play in, in those interludes pops up at the end as well. And that is the same character you play in Mountains of Madness. And Mountains of Madness is a di- uh, basically starts where uh, Chronicles of Intimus has uh, ends. Mountains of Madness, you play the detective you've played for a few scenes in Chronicle of Innsmouth and continue his story. And it has everything to do with the experiences he he had in mm. uh, in the town of Innsmouth. And Chronicle of Innsmouth, Mountains of Madness is not only a direct uh, sequel to Chronicle of Innsmouth, but it's also a massive improvement on everything they did on Chronicle of Innsmouth. Chronicle of Innsmouth oh, was uh, from 2017, but they really, really streamlined the game. They made the the, uh, the gameplay much simpler, like a left click to walk, uh, uh, right click to interact. So you don't, you, you're not working with a, uh, a verb wheel anymore. There are multiple characters you play throughout. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which ones, but it's it is kind of cool, and it. It goes way deeper. It, this one is inspired by the Lovecraft tale of Ma- at the Mountains of Madness, uh, but it gives its own spin on it. Uh, but it's really cool where the story goes. If you love uh, Lovecraft stories, and again, I must, uh, I, and I'd say this every time I talk about Lovecraft, the man himself was a piece of shit because mm-hmm. he was incredibly racist, incredibly uh, xenophobic. He was not a good person. His imagination, however, was uh, gave us the uh, Cthulhu mythos, and that is something I uh, I really I really love. And I have to separate the art from the artist mm. here. And luckily, there are there have been plenty of other writers who were not terrible human beings who did something very good with this mythos. And Psycho Death, I consider one of those people because they uh, took uh, those stories and they made their own cool, fun scary stories with them uh, and uh, uh, one improvement that you immediately see besides the gameplay is the, uh, the graphics uh, are, are they're still a pixel art but they're, they're much better and the cutscenes are really good this time the puzzles are a bit more difficult I've had I have to admit that I needed to consult a walkthrough once or twice that is it kind of typical inventory sort of puzzles or but also puzzles, well or, it's it's very logic? Uh, there are some logic puzzles but they are not impossible to solve because they tie in with the stuff you find and books you find and hints you find Uh, and I I just yeah I I really really enjoyed this game so if you're a fan of Lovecraft and if you're a fan of point and click adventures I definitely advise to check out well actually both games even though Mm. the the first one had a few flaws I I, I think I finished it within in, in about four hours and um I think you're going to uh, love playing these two back to back. Could you play Mountains of Badness on its own? Would it would it be confusing in terms of the plot or no? Would you suggest could you do it standalone? Yes, you can do it standalone. 
what what is happening in Mountains of Madness is in is explained in in game if it uh, has something to do with the first game. But if you play the if you play both games, then it it just it feels like you're reading like yeah like you're reading a book and then you read the second book. But uh, yeah, I I just really enjoyed it. I I, I played them back to back and um, especially the end, the 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 final. Uh, um, chapter of Mountains of Madness or the final two chapters was just great. It's not something I've seen much in point-and-click adventures or uh, not even that often in Lovecraftian adventures. It's they really they really show a love of Lovecraft. Um, th- then in turn, because you mentioned that the first game had like a LucasArts scum interface. Uh, what what is the are the games horror or are they like comedy like LucasArts as well or a bit of both or what what way are the games uh, how would you describe they are definitely horror uh, uh, the best way they manage to uh, get that is well you you can die a lot uh, okay. and then you start right before I mean uh, I saved a lot but you start right before you die so you can make the different decisions uh, there is some humor in there. Uh, it is mostly a bit of a self-aware humor, not meta humor, but more like the character speaks to himself and has certain uh, comments about things. Uh, like it's 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 a dark humor. Uh, it's not all dreary, but okay. it's done. It's just done very well. Yeah, I, I I just very very much enjoyed these games. Okay, so it's a yeah. good good story, and uh, you know it seems like it's nice to see that there are improvements made in the second game. You know, it's always nice to see that you know developers listening to feedback and taking it on board. I mean, the yeah. first game seems to be good anyway. The second game had the right, the right kind of um, frustration in the puzzles and the gameplay. Like uh, it, it because adventure games have to be a bit frustrating at times. That that's just part of the genre because otherwise it would be too easy. And mm, sure. What what uh, as I said, I, what I found frustrating in the first game was the arcadey bit at the mm. end. Uh, which I failed many times, and that that was absolutely not there in this in this uh, part. So I'm glad they they did not do something similar, and they focus way more on on different puzzles and uh, way more on the story. Nice. Okay, so that's two games that you play: Chronicle of Innsmouth and Chronicle of Innsmouth Mountains of Madness. And now for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how I can have a segue from Lovecraft to the next game, because Laura, you and I, we're going to court. We are. Internet court. Internet court. Uh, You and I both played this, but uh, Laura, what can you tell us about this very serious (laughs) game? Yes. Well, I'll I'll let you get a flavor of it. Uh, Here is a trailer. In today's world, crime can happen anywhere, even in cyberspace. And when someone gets pulled over on the information superhighway, they get the one-way ticket to the Internet Court. Quiet in the courtroom. We're about to begin. I'm here. I'm ready to testify. The testimony is a lie, Your Honor. I've got evidence to prove it. Should I raise an objection? Objection! 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 What? How could you think it's not suspicious? She's doing tattoos from her kitchen! I read that fanfic. The bagels were clearly a metaphor for the author's tortured soul. I have sworn to protect the public from Mary Sue's tired tropes and poor grandma. Yes, that's definitely something I'm prepared to deal with. Pretty please? No! Pretty please with sugar on top? Is there sugar and a cherry on top? Yes. Then my answer is no, I hate cherries! Uh, so that, that was a bit of a trailer at least. I think the main trailer <laughs> is about three minutes long. So it's it's a little snippet of it there. But you kind of get what, what's going on a little bit there. Basically, yeah, this is not a serious game. I'll start off by saying that. Uh, I think sure you'd agree with me there. Uh-huh. It's a it's a FMV style game. So full motion video. It's... Um, it's filmed uh, with the real people, and the idea is um, 
the crimes of the internet, so things like bad fan fiction, um, people unfriending people, are no. dealt with. Yeah, <laughs> shock. Are dealt with on this internet court, but it's obviously it's not really a real court. Um, so it's people who meet, like prosecutors and a judge and a, a defendant, a defence. They meet over the equivalent of Zoom. I believe this was actually made before people yeah, were using. Yeah, I was surprised. Zoom. Yeah, when I know. I read that. It I seems made it. for for Corona <laughs> times, but it was made before that. But anyway, it's, it's ahead of its time. Ahead of <laughs> yes, our time. in many ways. <laughs> um, so yeah, these people, this court, they meet over uh, the equivalent of Zoom. Um, um, but because it's, I mean, they're kind of just there doing this as a sort of fun hobby. Uh, <laughs> the judge is like consistently in his dressing gown. He's got like <laughs> in his sitting in his bed, banging his gavel. Um, there's the the prosecutor is someone called super lawyer 64 who is has this like t-shirt with his face on it um there's the defendant who's called don't stop defending and basically there's four cases in this game and uh what the first case you play is the prosecutor the second uh, i think as the judge uh the third is the, the defense and uh the last you kind of play a bit of all three all three yeah yeah and it's just a very funny game it's very strange i really can't explain it other than it, it's very like the writing is hilarious it really doesn't take itself too seriously it's very clearly made um by one developer who's then roped in their friends <laughs> and their mum he, he said this himself everything in the kitchen oh yeah, in the, yeah. In the, on the steam page i believe he says that yeah, it's, 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 one of the characters is his mum. Bless them, they're not all great actors. And I think they know that. I don't, I'm not trying to be harsh by saying some of the acting isn't great in the game, but it kind of makes it even better. It makes it quite yeah, it's, hot, it's, like warm. It's, it's it a, adds it's a to the charm, game. I think. Very charming, but incredibly charming game. And like, you know, sometimes the actors aren't looking at the camera straight. They're look, like looking at their lines, like which are on their laps. But I don't know. I mean, what it reminded me a little bit of is I'm quite a fan of like bad films that are so bad they're good. But like uh, The Room by Tommy Wiseau, I don't know if you've ever seen that. That mm. has like some... I mean, I went, the writing in inter- Internet Court is is great because it's it really is, yes. funny. But the the acting sometimes, you know, is a little bit similar with the room in, in that these people aren't professional actors. They're doing it, you know, to help a mate out, basically. <laughs> but there was something quite charming about that. But I thought the writing was very good. And basically the gameplay is a little bit like Phoenix Wright, mm. uh, Ace Attorney, where you've got to find contradictions in people's testimonies. There's a lot of focus on finding out bad grammar. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but they mentioned that in the game as well that they yeah, kind what? of like yeah. that they're focused there's a character, on. Yeah. There's like a character called the Grammar Police who is this guy who wears a cardboard badge which says. I was Grammar unaware Police. that I was in this game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, there's little bits where you have to be where you have to do, look at um, two. Pe- you have to be like, well, this is clearly from this person because look at this grammar, and you have to. Sp- oh, there's like a whole case about bad fan fiction, and you have to say this chapter was terrible, and you have to point out two, three bits of bad grammar, and the way you do that is you basically click on the page at the bits, and you can get three strikes from mm. the judge, and then you have to restart that segment if you get it. Which- but it's quite forgiving because you just restart it again so it there's did, no, did you get three strikes at any I time did. i yeah, did near too. the end at, <laughs> uh, near the end i was quite confused as to what was going on because there was a baby um there's there a lot going on where i was like what's happening here so i did get three strikes but that didn't really matter because it's not you didn't have to replay the whole chapter you just restarted at that one which was great because i was like oh if i have to restart the whole thing yeah. i mean it took me about three hours to complete the entire yeah, game for me the same yeah so and there's even there's outtakes for each yeah, chapter which as well. Yeah, which was funny. Which was really funny. Just like bloopers of things they, they bl- things they didn't include, which I was like. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the other bits made it in, but um, yeah, it's just it's you know it doesn't take itself too seriously. This isn't it's miles away from things like the complex or right. anything. <laughs> it's like the other the other side. Yeah, like, basically. Just... But like I loved it. I thought it was great. It was it was really funny, and it just yeah, like you said, I think charming is the perfect word. Sure, sure. Mm. I don't know if you, if you've got in terms of like the gameplay or stuff how you found it, but I, I that's that's what I thought. Yeah, because I think a game like this could go either one of two ways. It could be like just absolutely terrible, yeah, or it could be a lot of fun. And thankfully, it's in the, in the second category. It was a huge <laughs> amount of fun. That's uh, and I think what one of the reasons why this game works, as you mentioned, is the writing. That's, uh, I mean, sure, we 
you know, as we said, as you said, um, you know, the people in the game, they're basically mates helping the developer out. Yeah. So they're not the best actors, but we don't expect them to be because they're not professional. They never claim to be. But then the reason why it works is because the writing is really good. It's yeah. really, really funny at times. And it's just, it's amazing, <laughs> really, for most games, if the acting was terrible, you'd be mm. like, oh, this is bad. But it actually works. It works it, better. It works in this game. game. It's... <laughs> there's, a, there's an excellent moment where there's, there's clearly she's just reading just... <laughs> something on her knees. And she's not even looking at the camera. I always just thought it was hilarious. And there's an ex, you know, some of the characters are really well realized. There's a character who only speaks in emojis yeah. <laughs> and just lifts lift keeps lifting these pieces of paper with different emojis to the screen it's weird it's one of the it, weirdest games i've played but i really enjoyed it's, it's it it's very odd but it works and also i think that something we don't um really notice a lot but another reason it works i think is the editing is actually good yes that's true that's, and that's why the jokes work i think because they, they change you know the chop and change from different characters yeah and the, that's one reason why the, the jokes work. So clearly it's I mean, it looks like, you know, well, the, the acting is really not professional, but I think the way the game is made is kind of like profession, professionally edited, professionally made in yeah, that way. Definitely. Uh, I mean, not, as you said, like the judge is, you know, in his robe in his bedroom with the gavel just hitting the it's bed. Which is very odd. And then the, the, you know, the families of the characters and the people come in at some point. Yeah, um, it's got a real sort of DIY lo-fi. Yeah. It reminds me of some of the, you know, like quite lo-fi indie films, like a bit, I guess, like Clarks or things like mm. that, which are very sort of, you know, indie made, very, but very funny. And that's what lifts these kind of yeah, things. Yeah, that's, that's the important thing. The game works because it's funny. Yeah, because you know, if it wasn't funny, then it would be hard to recommend this game. But I laughed all the way through. <laughs> it's just insane <laughs> some of the things that go on. And, but actually, I thought one of the actors wasn't that bad. Well, I don't know her name. Was it Dina? Diana Gray? Yes. Um, at least she tried. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I had a terrible act. I thought I she. Say- I would say she probably has some maybe drama experience or acting experience out of a whole lot of them, maybe more. Yeah, like the more. judges. According I, to the uh, yeah. Steam page, there is one actual actress in there. Yeah. Okay, I'm guessing yeah. that's the one. I am guessing it's uh, Dina, or is it Dina Gray? The, well, I don't know if they're using the real names or the characters. The the main developer behind it, uh, as well. Paul, is the judge. Yeah, he was um, good, actually. He was yeah, funny. He was <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They're not all terrible. Like, no, I mean, they're the funny. They're terrible. I, I think they work. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, they're, 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 as I said, because they're writing and then because of the DIY nature of the game. It, uh, I mean, it worked for me, and I was very happy to see that because I was thinking, oh, what's you know, how is this game going to be? You know, is it going to be really cringy? I mean, it it is you know cheesy, it is silly, but crucially, it's funny. And yeah, well, if the developer wants to make a game about podcasting, I think with three also <laughs> terrible actors, and we will probably when I'll be worse than they they were to be fair. Like I'm a terrible actor, I'm not saying, but I I might be up for it. I know your acting um, is probably better than your pun, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to come up with a pun for that. Mm, uh, no. very th- yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So that is Internet Court. It's available on Steam. Sorry, let you. This is your review, Laura. Yeah. I'm, oh, that's I'm okay. Just well, over. no, you've played it as well. Yeah, you're I, right. I've, though it's available on Steam. It's by Oh A Rock Studios, who've actually I didn't realise done lots of other FMV games. So I might check some more yeah. of those out. Apparently, um, with the, where cats are, the, are is, is do they like president? run the? <laughs> <laughs> which I'm really curious to know more about more as well. these silly games, please. That's what I'm enjoying at the moment. Just short, fun, silly games. That's exactly that just... what we need. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, it's on itch.io as well. So uh, check them out on either. Uh, well, thank you. Well, case dismissed. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> Overruled. Next subject. <laughs> okay, so next game then. So that is it to record. Thank you, Laura. That was a lot of fun as well. Um, so then the final game we're going to talk about is Forgotten Fields, um, which is the second game from Frostwood uh, Interactive from Armand Sandu, I believe. So he, he made Rainswept, which was released in 2019, which I believe you played, Laura. Yeah. Um, and Thomas, I don't know if you played as well, but I... I, I have it. It's another... Understandable. It's very understandable with all the games. Well, I played it Rain so and it really surprised me because I really enjoyed it. I knew nothing about that game going in. And it was a really emotional game, really dark, and I really loved it. And so Frostwood Interactive released their second game, Forgotten Field, which is a very, very different game. 
Uh, this game, in this game, you play as Sid, and this game is set in Goa in India, which itself is interesting because I don't know any other game set in that location in Goa in India, yeah. uh, which is where the developer is from. He's from India. I don't know exactly where he's from, but you play as Sid, who is an author. And his first book was a hit. It was a fantasy novel and it was very successful. But he's struggling to come up with inspiration for his second novel. And unfortunately for him, uh, he the deadline to apply for a grant uh, for a proposal for his second novel is today. And so he needs the money to be able to pay the bills. And he also wants to continue with his second novel. But he's in a creative block, so he cannot find inspiration. And he also finds out that his mother is selling her home and his childhood home on the same day as well. So he needs to make it across Goa to his mother's house because she invited him over just to spend one last night there to say goodbye to the house and his, and his childhood home and invite a few of his friends over as well to have basically like a dinner party. Remember those? To, <laughs> uh, go And then so along the way, you meet up with some friends, with some family and go on some adventures and hopefully get some inspiration for your second novel as well. Now, the interesting thing about the story in this game is as well as playing a Sid in the real world, you also play as the main character in his novel, in the second novel, in the fantasy world. Oh, I like world. that. I like that concept. Cool. And it works really well. Um, it's uh, it, it's similar, I think, to... I don't know if you played the Samaritan Paradox, which is similar. I think it works better here, if I'm honest. I haven't. Um, I have not played it. <laughs> the, the, the kind of it's team, starting right? to sound like a broken clock here, but... <laughs> And so a lot of the game is about, you know, memories and nostalgia and about, you know, the way things were, which I think a lot of people find relatable because the main character is in his, I believe, 20s, mid to late 20s. And, you know, the world is changing a lot. He's saying back when I was, you know, a teenager, you know, things were different. There was no or not as much uh, social media. And now, you know, things are changing a lot and the characters have a lot of conversations about that. And um, it's, you know, it, it worked really well. So then, you know, he then is thinking, oh, do I have to you know, continue holding on to my memories, to my cherished memories, or do I try and create new memories? And, it, you know, his friends as well and family, everyone's kind of moving on. You know, there's a person who's getting married, they're leaving the country. Another person still wants to continue with his hobby, but he's finding a new job, so he might not have time. So things like that, um, a lot of conversations like that. Uh, another reason why it works, and I don't often talk about this in adventure games, is camera angles. <laughs> they're very. <laughs> I know they're not the most exciting thing to talk about, but they're they're they change. You know, they're very cinematic here as well. There are uh, really wide, swooping shots. There's one in particular of uh, when you're at the beach, and you can see when a camera pans out. It's like a drone footage, and you can see the you know and hear the waves coming in as well. And it, it's really, really spectacular. And then when you jump into the sea to swim, and it's very, very dangerous. I would, I would not be swimming in that sea myself, but it changes to first person. So this, the, the waves are coming on top of you then as well, the character. And it, it worked really, really well uh, for me as well. Then in terms of gameplay, now there's not many puzzles as such. It's kind of similar to the game that you played, Laura, Wide Ocean Big Jackets, I believe it's well, called. Then, yes. That, you know, again, it's not about the puzzles. There are some kind of mini games that are realistic, that are kind of natural. That was one section where these kids playing football, they hit the ball into a tree. So you have to try and get the ball out of the tree. And you have two choices. You can throw rocks at it like the kids and try and get the ball out, or you can simply use a ladder, and that's easier. So again, both solutions would work in the real world, um, but I just thought, oh no, it's fun kind of throwing rocks at it. Let's see, you know, it's more challenging, but it's fun as well. And uh, then, it's so, it's so things like that, there are other times when you have to go looking for sheets, but then it helps the story, because you talk to the characters then as you're working. So there's nothing too, there's nothing too frustrating. There was one easy stealth section in the fantasy novel section but it's not difficult i was able to do it i think i died the first time but that was my own fault and then the second time i was able to get through so i thought it could be challenging really to anyone and uh, also the the sound and music so the music is very varied there is traditional indian music there's some pop music as well and some very different kinds of music and the sound effects 
as I mentioned, at the beach with the waves coming in and the seagulls, and then in, in village life as well, you know, you have sound of animals that are, and then in the city of cars and trains. So it really works really, really well. Um, and it took me about four hours to complete. Now, I, I'm guessing similar to Wide Ocean Big Jacket, there is uh, not a huge amount of drama or conflict. It's, sure. um, you know, again, as you mentioned, that there are things that characters talk about, but it's not the only thing on their mind. And as Thomas, you mentioned, sometimes it's good to save the world or, uh, you know, to their, you know, conspiracies like in Broken Sword and all, which I love. But then other times it's nice to uh, be involved with some real people, some nice people, and, you know, in a cozy, warm game with a really nice story. And again, it's, it's just people, you know, kind of like sitting by a campfire, although in this case they're in a house. Uh, just chatting about, you know, old times, about good times and looking to, to the future. And again, with really nice people, like you, you do meet your ex-girlfriend in the game and, you you know, a lot of other writers might have chosen to put a lot of conflict and drama here. But thankfully, uh, our man doesn't. It's just, again, like they move on and they're still friends and they talk to each other and they're, you know, they talk about the old times, but then they talk about the future, which is... Um, and then there is one decision you have to, to make later on. I won't spoil it, but for me it was relatively easy. But again, for other people, um, you know, it might have to have more thought. So I really liked it. Uh, it's also in kind of a 3D. Now again, it doesn't compare to the AAA titles, uh, but it's really nice to see how Arman has really improved from Rainswept because I think some of the animations in Rainswept, um, I think you know he, it was his first game, but here he's really taken the time to really learn the craft, and it shows. And it took me about four hours. It's a really nice, cozy, warm-hearted game that I really enjoyed and that I really liked spending time with these characters and in this world. So, Were you satisfied, with obviously without giving it away, but were you satisfied with the ending? Because I assume a lot of these kind of games rest mm. on a, a satisfying ending. Yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to say anything no, yeah, <laughs> uh, too but much. But it made sense to you and it was. Yes. Yes, no, I would say so. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't uh, disappointed with the ending. It's, uh, yeah, no, I, I was definitely satisfied with it. I think it's a well-told, complete sto- story. And, but it's uh, not voice acted, uh, no, is it? No, there is no, no voice, which would have been interesting, uh, especially since it's set in India. Um, you know, d- different voices, different actors. But again, you don't really miss because the writing is good anyway. So that's the main thing. And um, I really like the visual style. Yes, I kind of regret is... not backing it now because I, I, <laughs> I came across it on, on Kickstarter last year and I didn't back it, but it looks it looks really attractive. Yeah, no, de- definitely. As I said, you know, he's definitely learned from Rainswept. Not that Rainswept looked bad, but I think he's definitely improved from Rainswept in this uh, this regard. But yeah, it's available on Steam and uh, I would definitely recommend people check it out. It's uh, Forgotten Fields. And uh, it's out now, when the time this episode is out. So, speaking of nostalgia, before we finish up, <laughs> uh, I thought it'd be a good chance to discuss, at least briefly, nostalgia in adventure games. Because, you know, we're especially adventure games is steeped in nostalgia, especially for the old LucasArts and Sierra classic games. And we see with a lot of games, um, you know, Thomas, you mentioned as well Chronicle of Innsmouth, that they had the scum interface in, like in LucasArts games. And we see so many games that compare themselves to, um, you know, I mentioned Plot of the Druid, which compares itself to Simon Sorcerer, Discworld, and games like that. And so many games released now to saying this is like Monkey Island, like the LucasArts games. Uh, but I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think? In general, we are generalizing because I don't think we have time to specifically <laughs> talk about each adventure game that is modeled on uh, classic adventure games. But overall, do you think that this is good? Or do you think that there can be some issues with um, nostalgia? Or can we focus too much on the past? Should we focus more on the present and future? Or should we still, you know... I don't know, give thanks pay to homage. the homage. Yeah, exactly. Give yeah. thanks. Yeah, pay homage to the classic adventure games, like especially LucasArts and your games and Sierra and Broken Sword and games like this. So what what are your opinions? Um, I don't know. Thomas, I, so we haven't heard from you in a while. So what's well, your opinion? Since you're not opinionated at all, I know. but uh, <laughs> Not me? <laughs> Never. I think nostalgia is fine as long as it doesn't stand in the way of progress. 
the problem, uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, the problem with nostalgia is you uh, idealize the good things and you forget about the bad things. And the one thing you should not do is get stuck on that. And I think what, for instance, the as I said when I reviewed Chronicles of Innsmouth and its sequel, where the first one was very much with the verb wheel, but they improved on the second one by making the gameplay smoother and easier. And if I now, I remember when I replayed Monkey Island and Day of the Tentacle, etc., said like, I still very much enjoy them. But if they were created now, the story and, the, uh, and most of the graphics would probably be the same. But I'm, I bet the gameplay would be uh, would be smoother and uh, improved upon. What I find when I play adventure games, I'm perfectly fine with the occasional uh, homage, as Laura well said, to adventure games of the past. But if it gets too much, if it basically your whole game is one big homage, then I'm like, yeah, sorry, uh, please come mm. up with... I want to see new ideas. I want to see mm. new IP. And it's perfectly fine. Like, for instance, when I played the demo of uh, Lucy Dreaming, I clicked on all the books in the bookcase. And some of the books were references to uh, past adventure games. Love that. If it's if it's like that, I'm perfectly happy with it. But uh, it should never stand in the way of progress. I think I agree. And I think it's interesting. Adventure games seem particularly to be hung up on the past and nostalgia. And I almost feel like Thimbleweed Park was one that, I mean, obviously it's yes. made by Ron Gilbert. So yes. you kind of I should be allowed. I was about to mention that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Shush. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, no. But yeah. Sorry, that sounded very thinking... aggressive. I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I was going to say that. No, well, we were thinking the same thing. But yeah. yeah and in a way he can get away with it because he obviously was part of well yeah. a huge part of my game i think it was um, also part of the sales pitch right yeah, yeah exactly so that kind of sort of negates it but that doesn't matter when you're playing it and and that's chock full of mm. references and that became a bit too much yes. i find and i think eventually i've game. Yeah, I've been noticing a lot in recent modern adventure games doing this, having all these like little in-jokes and references. And I can't think of another genre that does that to that extent. I really can't. So it's definitely an adventure game trope, I think. And sometimes it does it well, and sometimes it doesn't do it so well. And, and Thimbleweed Park for me was a line. I think it, I, I enjoyed the game. I still really enjoyed the game. But for me, it went that went a bit too, too far. Much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I no, don't know I, if you felt the same, Shoshu. Oh, definitely. I mean, we, we reviewed it, and I think you liked Timberweed Park a lot more than I did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, actually, when, with, with Inspector Waffles. Inspector Waffles yes. does in, adventure game in, in jokes, but it's but, with recent adventure games. There's uh, not... Re- there, there, uh, there might be a Monkey Island there, joke in there. There, 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 are, there are... Sorry, there are references, I believe, to Broken yeah. Sword and Tex Murphy, but they're yes, very Broken subtle. Sword. I didn't really recognise only that... Um, uh, Jan from Colossal Games told me. And after yeah. that, oh yeah, but they're very subtle and they don't take away from the game. Yeah, but that's, um, that's well, the I, whole point. It, yes. shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't take you out which, of the game. Which I think Thimbleweed Part did. And I, yes. I, I liked when Inspector Waffles, it was engaging with recent adventure games because mm. it's almost as if some of these adventure games, when they keep going back to Monkey Island and Sierra games, is that they're sort of, I mean, obviously they're the great, so there's, there's mm. that reason for doing it. But it's almost as if they're sort of forgetting there's actually been loads of recent great mm adventure exactly. games that you could that people know it's not like you're thinking oh well they'll only know monkey island and sierra games actually loads of people know like modern games that which you could reference and people would get so we need to i don't know i, I would like to see to a bit adapt. more of that yeah no yeah, I, I, agree. I, I agree entirely i mean i think one issue if you keep referencing the older games it's just going to at least make me want to play those games <laughs> it's going to make me want to play monkey island again rather than this game it's going to take me out of um of of this game with so many references, you mentioned Timberweed Park, which and there are there are plenty. Now he can he said just about get away because he's Ron Gilbert, but yeah. then there are other like Ron Gilbert, a very talented game developer and writer, and if other people try and copy, that's my that's my issue when mm. people try and copy the games of old because they're fans. Like there are so many games that try and copy and imitate Monkey Island. Chances are you're going to fail. That's not saying you're yeah, a bad you're developer, or bad writer. But people are going to compare your game to Monkey Island then, and they're not going to compare your game favorably unless it's really, really good. And it is possible to make references to older games but still have your game have your own identity. And I think Lamplight City did this very well from Francisco Gonzalez because there is a section which is about voodoo, uh, which is, you know, like a Gabriel Knight. 
And it was like, but it, it has its own identity. Obviously, he's referencing Gabriel Knight and the way actually the portraits are in the game as well. But what Francisco Gonzalez did was his game had its own identity. It's not like, hey, do you like Gabriel Knight? Then you love this game. You don't have to have played Gabriel Knight. And and again, this might be controversial, but I'm sorry, but I'm tired of all the Monkey Island references. I am. It's I'm like, tired we of get it. it. Yeah, it's, I, and often they're not even. Yeah, often they're just quite tired tropes, aren't they? They're they're like hmm. they're the same sort of two or three jokes all the time, like the three headed monkey. Um, yeah, they, all that kind of stuff where it's it's just like okay, yeah, aha, <laughs> uh-huh, I I know what you're talking about, ha ha ha. And it's like I, actually, there's just so many ways of more ways of being funny than just referencing Monkey Island. <laughs> yeah, and I think that you know a lot of one mistake that these people make is that they just reference it. I think that's that's enough that that yeah. on its own is it's a bit like um you know if uh, uh people you know to gonna a little bit of a tangent very briefly saturday night live and saoirse ronan was hosting now i was a point to this i wanted okay. sketches <laughs> um you know she was in Aer Lingus, and then the, the joke was they referenced potatoes but they yeah. just did you know but they just did that they did nothing with the joke it's like okay you're referencing potatoes because ireland that's not funny that's just and it's no, not that i'm offended pretty. It's just do something clever with it. And oh, yeah. I mean, I would be offended by that joke. I'm offended that the joke was so bad. That's what yeah. I'm offended about. That, <laughs> that, it's very hard but, to offend Irish people. but I know, but it's, it's just referencing. And, you know, going back, what, what I, when I mentioned Plot of the Druid, I'm not going to give any specifics, but I think what, one thing that that did well, it does have some references, but then it uh, had this interesting things like there, it's part of the game. Uh, which I can kind of say without getting more specific. Um, but I think that that, if you're going to have references, try and make it part of your game. Just don't, you know, say, oh, look, it's the three-headed monkey or, um, you know, be- because it's trying, you know, trying to copy this game. So what I would say is try to have a game have its own identity. Because there are also a few games that are, that they look very similar to Maniac Mansion, which is fine. But then it's like, okay, but then I just play Maniac Mansion. <laughs> mm. If you're not going to offer anything new or different or, you know, why would I play your game when Maniac Mansion is a classic game? Um, and, you know, now again, to, to end on a positive, you know, to be positive, I think that one thing that is good about the adventure game genre is that nostalgia has helped, you know, really good, talented developers uh, make games now, like Francisco Gonzalez, Dave Gilbert, and even uh, Armand Sandu now with Forgotten Fields. Um, because they grew up playing these wonderful games, they decided to be game developers themselves. And there That's are references. True. And, you know, Goloso Games as well. And um, uh, John baptiste Sometimes... Would- maybe that's why they do the references because they love the games and they of want course. to like show their love and give a little back in their own then it's, then, it's, then, it, then it's an homage it happens in, in movies yes. and TV shows all the time it, it's only a problem if you don't do it well so yeah we're all in agreement very boring <laughs> <laughs> no, no I disagree we love to hear from our yes, listeners what, what they think? think so please yeah. go to our discord channel or on our Facebook groups or Twitter and share what you think about nostalgia and what you think is good and and bad and uh, give us examples too uh, of yes. what you think of that please yeah so that is uh, i mean i think we could have a longer discussion but i think that's enough for now uh, i think we've uh, covered what we wanted to uh, cover so we will be discussing uh, other topics and other games as well so i think uh that is it before we finish i would like to thank our patreons we are on patreon we are a very independent uh, podcast and and again all our patrons have stuck with us throughout this pandemic it was very difficult here so thank you so so much to everyone there for showing your support as well we have a survey as well if people want to fill in uh, to give us your feedback on what you like or what you'd like to hear more of in the podcast and uh, so again with uh, Patreon I'll, you will get some extra so you'll get uh, early access to these episodes you also get extra interviews which I will have to start uploading again uh, right now, there's interviews that I did at Adventure X in 2019, uh, which I'm uploading on Patreon. And there are some spoiler de- uh, discussions with the developers, so developers of Techno Babylon, Interrogation, and uh, you know several more games as well. So you can check it out on patreoncom forward slash Adventure Games Podcast. Well. And also leave a review if you're not able to go. Yes, Patreon, give us fine. a five star review, please. Yes, if, if you do, uh, we'll read it out. We, we'll read yes, it on we will air. read yeah. out all reviews, please. We but, haven't had a review in a long time, and it yeah. do, they do help. Yeah. 
Uh, I feel, really I feel free to uh, to post your review on on Twitter to pay us attention because we can't. I don't think we can see if if you review us from other have to check, but countries yeah, if if we can see all the reviews what people are writing. But we'd love to hear hear your reviews. Give us a five star review, please. <laughs> yeah, there, and there is a link in the show notes. Ratethispodcast.com forward slash adventure games podcast, and it, that link will take you to different places where you can review the podcast. So that would uh, really help. Uh, okay, so um, you guys know what you're playing next. So Thomas, you're playing an interesting game. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, I haven't finished yet, I believe. So uh, no, no, don't I need to say too much about it. But. I think I'm, I'm about halfway uh, through Paradise Lost, and um, my my PC is uh, it's taking a lot of <laughs> effort for my PC to play through it. It's taking a hit <laughs> uh, because I have an old PC, uh, and I'm really looking forward to reviewing it uh, in the next episode. We do reviews. Cool. And Laura, do you know what you're playing next? Well, I'm continuing with Bloodborne. Bloodborne. <laughs> that famous adventure game, Bloodborne. Yes, yes. Well, I'm just saying that's what I'm playing. I'm not saying no, it's no, an adventure game. No, no, fair enough. It seems like a lot of fun because you're, you're oh, playing it on, on, I Twitch, love it. on your Twitch stream. I, I am. I love it, Joshua. I can't get enough of it. I want to be playing it all the time. Um, but it's a long game, so I probably will be. Yeah, uh, but the, I the will... Que- there are two questions, Laura. One. Yes. Will Aust- will it be able to play it in Australia? <laughs> and two, does it have any Monkey Island references in it? Uh, um, yes, and as far as I know, no. I would be very surprised. It's got lots of Lovecraft references, loads Ooh. of Lovecraft references. Yeah, I know, it's I know. very I'll Lovecraftian. To, I'll have to check so, it out. I'll have yeah, to check out it's your just, stream. It's very, I would say, sure, sure, you could check it out. It's very hard, so good luck if you do play it. Oh, no, I, think, but, I think I'll be watching yeah, you play watch it. Watch it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's... <laughs> I like it, but I will be playing an adventure game as well. Uh, well, type of adventure game called Genesis Noir, which just came out recently. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I've, it's uh, like I've a heard of it. Jazz style game. Yeah, I, I've, I don't know much about it, but I've heard about it, and I've heard how you say different. I mean, it's there are people on Facebook, so take them with a pinch of salt. But I know it'll be <laughs> different. I mean, with different opinions. So I'm very yeah. curious to know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be ready to tell you. I, I won't be reviewing Bloodborne though, so I won't. Be about that. <laughs> you can pretty much watch. We can watch you play on your Twitch stream. Which, uh, yeah, no, I, I might be. Uh, I have already played a few games which I haven't spoke had a chance to speak about yet. So I'll try and speak about them in the next episode. And I believe I'll be playing some FMV games. I believe there's a game called Erica coming out. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, which I hope to be playing and hope to be reviewing for the next episode, but. Yeah, I'll be I'll be playing something and reviewing something. <laughs> Probably <laughs> is Erica. Erica already out, or is it? It's already out, out on consoles, system? and it's coming out ah, on okay, PC. Fine. So Got I you. I hope to be reviewing that. And uh, yes. we, Sersha, yes. you and I. Ah, yes. We are also playing. It takes two. And we we have we uh-huh. haven't streamed that, have we? <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think my. Uh, my PC is having problems enough just to play it. So, <laughs> uh, excuses. I don't it. blame you. It takes quite I, a lot of. I, it takes too it, much too effort. Much? Hey. <laughs> so, no. Now, Sersha, that's how you do a pun. <laughs> I have to learn from the best. It's, I'm, re- I'm really enjoying it, but I'm terrible at it. It's a more platform. Oh, so am I. That's what makes it fun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but we're. I mean, me and Thomas were stuck for ages on one section. That we. Yeah. Uh, it is a good game. I've been playing it as well. Yeah, it looks um, amazing, and I'm really. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, I'm, I'm playing so as, as, play as Thomas's well. wife, which <laughs> <laughs> in the game well, you are you are well. having you are getting quite a lot of experience in playing one of us uh, spouses. You are, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. We, it, it, it's, it's a shame. It, maybe I'll stream it. I'll see because it is fun. To, if you want to know what it'd be like me and Thomas married and getting a divorce, which <laughs> maybe not. But <laughs> Oh, I, th- I think that's okay. enough for that bombshell. I think that's enough for <laughs> yeah. this week. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on I think here. We should move on then. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, take care, everyone. And thank you as always, Laura and Thomas. Thank you. Yes. See you next time. And keep on questing.